Well, we went away for a week's holiday last week, the week before last, which was, uh, which was nice. And whilst I was away, I was watching the, the television and um, saw a programme which was pr- broadcast really for Holocaust uh, Day uh, about the work of Sir Nicholas Winton, who um, rescued about 600 children from Czechoslovakia just before the Second World War. And uh, it's quite an interesting, uh, interesting programme. I don't know if some of you may well know about what he did. And they interviewed a number of people who were rescued as children came out of... They were Jewish children who were brought, brought here um, and placed with different families, effectively fostered by, by families here um, in the war. And they survived, and their parents, of course, were lost. Um, and one of the men who, they all, many of them did tremendous things, actually. It's quite interesting, really, the, the, the way their lives had worked out. And one of the men said, the British showed such kindness to us. Um, the British showed such kindness to us. And it, it made me feel a little bit proud to be British, really, you know, just to, to hear that this was, that ours was a country which welcomed these young children, you know, leaving their parents and, and coming here for safety's sake. And I suppose it's also a a very relevant um, thing, isn't it, to look back at what was done all that time ago and then to compare how are we responding to those coming out of Syria who are in similar situations where maybe their parents have been lost, children have survived, or maybe parents have survived without children. How important it is that we welcome them and that we're kind to them when they arrive. It's a challenge to us, I think. What is kindness? What is kindness? I looked at the dictionary and it said, kindness, friendly, generous, and considerate. So a saying said, kindness is like a baby, it grows fast. That chimed with me because uh, we've got our uh, Naomi and Tim staying with us this, this uh, weekend with their two little boys, Ben, who is three and a half, and... Uh, Samuel, who was born three months ago, and we saw him about four days after he was born, and he was well, quite a big baby, but still relatively tiny, and, and this morning Naomi said to me, as she put him in the car seat, I'm going to have to have a bigger car seat in a minute, because his legs were already sticking over the end, he's grown so fast just in that three-month period. Kindness is like a baby, it grows fast. I suppose what it's saying is, if we're kind to other people, then that has a knock-on, roll-on effect in other people's lives. And if we're kind to others, uh, then the kindness sort of grows, if you like. That's the idea. And then the third one, kindness is like snow. It beautifies everything it covers. (laughs) The act of going out of your way to be nice to someone or show a person you care. Something that people say does not exist in the world anymore. Well, you and I might beg to differ with that. Doing an act of kindness would be, for example, if you see someone who looks upset or down, just simply smile and say hello to them. Maybe strike up a conversation. That's just being kind. What a difference a smile can make to people. Kindness, someone says, is doing something and not expecting anything in return. Kindness is respect and helping others without waiting for someone to help one back. It implies kindness no matter what. What about kindness in the New Testament? Krestotes is the word that's used in the Greek. Krestotes. 
It's the same derivation, I'm told, as the word for a slave. And it's perhaps used to describe the qualities desired in a slave. A willingness to show care over the work that, is, that the slave is required to do. To do it willingly, even though it is a requirement. It's said that it was likely that the first century pagans confused Christianoi, which is with an E, with Christianoi, with an I. Christianoi, of course, describing Christians. And uh, there's a sort of play on words, they think, that went along with that. So Christianoi were sort of goody-goodies. That was a critical way of describing Christians. In the passage to the Corinthians, which we've, be, which we've read a little earlier, Paul speaks of how he endures suffering, but still wants to show kindness and compassion to the people who cause that suffering. And he wants to do that so that he can prove the reality of what it is that he is preaching. From a human perspective... He has every reason to complain about how he is treated. He is, let's list all the things that he's undergoing, which some might see as negative, in great endurance. Troubles, hardships, distresses, beatings, imprisonments, riots. Hard work, sleepless nights, hunger. Regarded as impostors regarded as unknown, dying, beaten, sorrowful, having nothing. All those negative things about his situation, if you like, as a result of the way he was treated because he preached the gospel. He suffers in every conceivable way as a result of his decision to live and work for Christ. To make matters worse, the reason he's writing to the Corinthian church in this passage is because there were some people amongst the Corinthian church who were saying, don't take any notice of that Paul or what he's telling you to do. They were questioning his authority to the extent that he decided to write this letter to them, following up on the letter that he'd written, which is 1 Corinthians. But through all this, he says, that is not what counts. It's the way I live my life. It is what I do that really matters. So even while other people are treating him cruelly, he will not complain. He will respond with purity, understanding, patience and kindness, we find in verse 5. In the Holy Spirit and in sincere love. The consequence is that whilst everything appears from a human perspective negative about their circumstances, the reality, he says, is everything is positive. In death we have life, in poverty we have riches. Although we are regarded as impostors, we know we're genuine, we know we're right. We're not dead, we live on. So, 
So in attitude, all for those who were against him, he treated them with kindness. And that's, that's the challenge to all of us, isn't it? It's, a good, it's too often true that we can say one thing, say we want to be kind and loving and gentle and all those things, and yet demonstrate another attitude entirely by our actions. The other example from the Bible about kindness which struck me when I was thinking about this was the parable of the Good Samaritan. The one who was a neighbour, Jesus said, was the Samaritan, who in Luke 10.36 is described by the ruler as the one who had mercy on the man who had been left for dead, or in some translations as the one who showed kindness. The one who showed kindness. Is the truth here that we are holding too strongly to the things we think of as necessary to life and will not yield them for the sake of others who need our kindness? The world's image is that we need to be strong and not be sympathetic or understanding. We need to be ready for the challenges that face us and so we create a strong exterior and we think kindness is a little bit soft really and weak. But here Paul is saying this is the strong response. The other passage which was drawn to my attention when I was asked to speak about kindness, apart from that 2 Corinthians 1, was Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm just going to read a verse from Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29 we start. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another. That was the particular phrase that was drawn to my attention. In this passage we see kindness being applied not so much in the area of actions as in speech. Kindness is contrasted with bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander. I came across a little quotation which said, kind words are the music of the world. Kind words are the music of the world. This is an area where many of us struggle, isn't it? It's easy to get frustrated with others when we feel we're being badly or unfairly treated by them. And for that to boil over into a cross or unkind word, often it's a word that we immediately regret saying. We realise that we've been unkind, but the word has been let slip too soon. Do you remember the saying, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me? I think there's nothing so untrue as that. You know, you're going to break your arm and it heals within, what, month, two months? But some of the words that are unkind that have been spoken to us may have caused pain to us for years. We feel they're never 
never put right because somebody has been unkind with something they said to us about us that has made us feel perhaps low or negative about mm. ourselves. And so it is, I think, important that this linkage with forgiveness is here in this passage. Do you see it? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ forgave you. Paul might very well have put a forgiving spirit in as part of the fruit of the spirit, I thought. He doesn't actually say that, does he? But, you know, the ability to forgive other people when they hurt and harm us seems to me to be a quality that the Holy Spirit wants to put into our lives, that, that we might experience. It's something the Spirit can give to us. How can we be kind to someone if our feelings towards them are angry and unforgiving? If we harbour a desire for re- revenge for some injury that may have been done to us, actually, or in our imagination. True kindness, as someone, presupposes the faculty of imagining as one's own the sufferings and joys of another. We may feel hurt by something someone has said to us, and we may be unwilling to forgive them, and it may be because we don't recognize the difficulty, the distress, the suffering the experience that is in that other person's lives. And we have to put ourselves, as it were, into that other person's shoes to get some understanding of why they may have said or done what they did in order that we can be Christ-like, in order that we can show forgiveness and treat them with kindness rather than with a response which is like for like. Think of how Jesus suffered, how he went through physical pain and cruel words. A lot of people were really cruel about what he was, he was trying to do, who he was trying to be. And they rejected what he said about himself, all the cruelty that he suffered, and yet he treated people with kindness and with love. That's the attitude that we need to try to find ourselves our kind words our unkind words and our cruel actions start with our thoughts and in some ways I think it's our thoughts that we need to start by allowing God's spirit to identify to us those areas where our minds are wrong towards others and to ask God to help us for a change of mindset Do you remember how Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, um, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. It wasn't just a matter of not murdering your brother, it was actually your thoughts that were wrong. And he said that because it was the thoughts that started the action and the thoughts themselves were wrong and and caused reaction. So I say again, we need to start to ask God by his Holy Spirit to identify where in our own mindset we have problems with other people and where that mindset needs to be changed and purified by God's Spirit at work in us. 
I think this is such... The more I thought about this whole subject as I was led to, to preach about, the more important I realised how it is. In Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23, I came across another reference to kindness and I just want to share it with you. In the RS, in the NIV... It says, I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. It's Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 34. Sorry, verse 24. Um, if any of you want to make a note of it, because I think, you know, we, we think of God, particularly Old Testament God, so many people think of God in the Old Testament as being the God of justice and the God of righteousness. We feel that's the emphasis, that the, the law, we've, what we've got to do right, we've got to live by the way God wants us to live. And when I read that, the God who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness. You wouldn't rank kindness as, as so important, if you like, as justice and righteousness. It's ranked alongside those qualities of God's. We got to get a little bit more insight uh, into what is being said here um, from the paraphrase which is in the message, which um, I'll share with you as well, and um, because I think this might this might also help you. This is the several verses twenty three and twenty four. Don't let the wise brag of their wisdom. Don't let heroes brag of their exploits. Don't let the rich brag of their riches. If you brag, brag of this and this only, that you understand and know me. I am God and I act in loyal love. I do what's right and set things right and fair. And delight in those who do the same things. These are my trademarks. Now the word used for kindness in the NIV is loyal love. And that's uh, perhaps a, a very accurate, more accurate way of, of, of um, translating the Hebrew word uh, in a sense than perhaps kindness is. But that idea is there. Loyal love. God's loyal love for us. He acts in that way towards us. That's why he sent Jesus, to die for us. He loved us from the start, right from the start when we were sinners. He loved us. And he didn't stop loving us, and he goes on loving us. And the same is true of those who we find it difficult to be kind to. God loves them too. And so God wants in our own minds that we adopt that same spirit towards those people. He loves them. He wants us to love them, to show kindness too. To show his loyal love to us and to others. So in this demonstration of kindness, we are seeing God's mercy, God's loving attitude to others. If ever you buy a new car or a new house, you may be able to go through a checklist of optional extras. You know you've got the basic, haven't you? And then you add on all the different things, the sunrooms and everything else, and you add it on. Kindness 
is not an optional extra. It's part of, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a nice-to-have quality that some people have and other, pe- other Christians don't. This is an essential part of the Christian package. It comes with the whole model. The best exercise, this is somebody else's words, not mine, the best exercise for strengthening the heart is reaching down and lifting people up. The best exercise for strengthening the heart is not going out with your aerobics. It's reaching down and lifting people up. That's being kind. It's another description for it. Let's cultivate kindness in all the things we say and we do because that is what God wants us to be in our lives.